Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. And I'm Calvin Bauer. And uh, I had the opportunity recently to visit uh, Alana Schwartzman of Font Love Studios at her studio. Um, it was really incredible. I love talking to her and the space is amazing. I included uh, some photos within this post, so check those out and you can find more on the Flickr. Um, I do want to apologize a little bit for the audio quality. We're uh, recording on location, so, you know, don't have the whole setup, and there's a little bit of background noise and just kind of a crunchy vibe in general. But it's a great interview, so stay tuned. I'm at Font Love Studios with Alana Schwartzman. Font Love is a creative design and communication studio in the Whittier neighborhood of Minneapolis. The studio specializes in letterpress design and focuses on collaborating with nonprofits and social entrepreneurs in the community. Yep, that sounds right. <laughs> Perfect. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing good. It's a bright, sunny day, and uh, you know we're here in the studio where the sun's streaming in. So yeah, I'm so impressed by this whole space. Like every wall is a window, basically. And all the lighting in it is just gorgeous. And you'll see some photos also in this uh, in the post. So you should check those out. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background design, your background letterpress, um, where you went to school, and if you've always lived in Minneapolis or what brought you here? Sure. So I grew up uh, just outside of Chicago in Oak Park, Illinois. And I came to Minnesota to go to college. I went to McAllister in okay. St. Paul. And uh, that was in 2000. I've been here since, um, living in both St. Paul and Minneapolis. I don't have a traditional design or art education background. I went to a liberal arts school. My degree was in psychology. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I went to work right after college for nonprofit organizations doing some grassroots organizing and communications and marketing. Uh, and there was really a need when you work with organizations that don't have a budget, they don't typically hire designers, right, yeah. but I immediately recognized the importance of telling a story visually and just started to teach myself how to design hmm. for the organizations I was working for initially, and at the same time I started taking classes at the Minnesota Center for Book Arts uh, in Letterpress, and really the first moment that I touched uh, a press I felt like I found what I was meant to do. Right. And so I, it's really been a journey over the last nine years to um, learn and grow as an artist and a designer, both commercially working for clients, but also in my own uh, work and um, also bridging that initial, you know, I've always been very focused on activism and social justice and involved with the community. And so how to make those two things line up has been what I've been working on um, right. in, my, in my career. That's awesome. And I think you're totally right about um, a lot of nonprofits and their design aesthetics and like how important it is to have a like actually functional and like fully fleshed out design um, for any sort of campaign or anything like that because even even people who aren't necessarily in tune with design still know good design, which is like the point in mm -hmm. the first place is to like have something that communicates, like you said, um, and communicates it well. So right. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so when did you start Font Love? Like, were you, you said you were taking classes um, and kind of working on your own for a bit. When did you decide to make it into a full studio? <laughs> well, um, I don't know that it was ever a conscious decision. I didn't sit down and write a business plan. And yeah. uh, it, It's happened and evolved over time. Um, I just, like I said, I fell in love with letterpress. I work with handset type, and I love design, I love typography, and I just couldn't get enough of it. So I took classes at the Center for Book Arts. I um, signed up for some studio time there, but it just wasn't enough. I needed to be doing it more often, so I started acquiring equipment. And there's a large capital investment that is yeah. involved in starting a letterpress studio, so it definitely didn't this all didn't happen at once. It's been an accumulation over the last nine years of type and presses and all of the equipment that you really need to run a successful shop. So it's just kind of been this evolution. Right. Um, but it started, I think, that the name and my Etsy shop and my first Forays began in 2010, I believe, and we, my studio was initially in the basement of this building, hmm. and then in 2012, um, my my husband owns Common Roots, and we own the building that we are my studio is in, and we took over this space. It was a jewelry design studio, hmm. a tenant, but the cafe business had grown to the point where they needed more office space. And so there was justification for me to have a little corner of it while they had their offices back here. And um, since 2012, I've expanded the studio and the staff has had to have less space for Common Roots, um, but we still share. So the front facing on 26th Street with the windows, that's, that's my studio. And then behind is the Common Roots staff. Yeah, that's awesome. Common Roots is another kind of amazing institution in our little neighborhood here. Can you tell us more about like the letterpress process and maybe the history of letterpress or, you know, the like how it's used today? Yeah. I mean, this is something that I could talk for hours about, <laughs> but I'll try to distill it down into something interesting no, for I your mean, listeners. Do your thing. So, there's a really wide variety of what modern letterpress means today. People print from a variety of surfaces and techniques, uh, ranging from digitally designed files that are then turned into metal dies or plastic plates and printed. Um, each color is printed separately through the press. And a lot of the modern letterpress stationery that you might see and prints, things that you might be familiar with with that really tactile bite mm -hmm. into the paper, a lot of that's going to be through this digital design process where you can actually design on the computer and then use the old um, tools and, and presses and machinery to create an impression. Oh, that's um, really interesting. This, and then some people print from wood blocks or linoleum block cuts. I focus primarily on designing and printing using handset types. So if you can picture the old, you know, how a newspaper is made or some instructional video you might have seen, or I don't know if people can relate if they are my age or older, but there was an old Sesame Street clip that they played throughout like the 70s and the 80s where um, a couple of kids lost their dog and they went go to the printer to make up a 
poster oh, to no. put up around the neighborhood about their lost dog. And I loved that clip, I remember, as a kid. And you can see the guy setting the type that says L-O-S-T yeah. for lost dog. So that's what I do. I, I have a collection of over 100 fonts ranging from tiny six-point metal type to three-inch tall wood type, all variety of styles and eras of typography and ornaments, borders. All of these are physical little pieces like little lead toxic Legos that mm -hmm. you move around and set um, to create an image or a poster or a card or a print. Um, and I love designing with type. I love the constraints that it provides. You know, if I want to use Cooper Black, I only have that in 12 point and 36 point. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't just scale it up infinitely. It's not a vector file. Um, so I have to work within the constraints of what I have, and I find that very inspiring as a designer. Totally. And also, um, letterpress is designed to be linear, right? It's printing books, it's printing newspapers, things in columns and lines and text. But I love to try to break out of that linear mode to stretch the limits of what traditional letterpress can be. Um, and I like to aspire to other artists that also do that by creating images and pictures using type and ornaments, using creative textures by printing the backside of type, um, layering different colors because ink, letterpress inks are transparent and so you get really interesting overprint hmm. effects. So there's a lot that I love about it. You know, it's a history. It obviously goes back. Um, it was invented by the Chinese many, many centuries ago and then and brought over in Europe and popularized by Gutenberg and uh, was responsible for revolutionizing information before the internet, right. right? It was letterpress that was the first information revolution, taking education and books and reading out of the hands of the very wealthy that could afford to have hand-inscribed and illuminated books to now mass-produced books and newspapers and broadsides that could communicate widely. Right. So um, there's a long tradition of printers as being not only the original graphic designers, because before graphic design, you would, if you needed to have an ad for your ladies' hats, mm -hmm. you would bring your copy to the printer, you know, your, the, the words you wanted to say, and the printer would be the one that would design it for you. Right. And so um, that has a long history, as well as being just involved in kind of the democratic processes of your community, putting up broadsides to educate people on things that are going on. If there's a labor union meeting or a, you know, a protest happening. Um, and so I like to kind of look to those printers of old for inspiration. Right, and that's awesome. And that's also a thing that you seem to be really focused in. Um, I was reading on your blog, which you can check out at fontlovestudio.com slash journal, um, that you recently did a project called uh, Minnesota Loves Immigrants and Refugees, um, which raised money for the Immigrant Law Center of Minnesota. And so it's, I, I love how you're, you're carrying on that tradition of like the democratic process, the, the social activist process, and like, you know, be, being a part of your community in any ways you can. Um, where do you see the responsibility of designers and printmakers and things within a larger social you know, world? Well, I guess I think that everyone has a responsibility to 
improve the world and in a more specific way. You know, I, I think that I have a responsibility to um, confront injustices due to the privilege that I have and the way that the tools and resources that I have are I own a business and I have a print shop and mm -hmm. I have design skills and so those are just the skills that I can bring to the table. I don't necessarily think that it's just designers or artists that have that responsibility and role, but I certainly think we have a huge role to play. Um, if you look back at, just say, the 2008 um, Obama campaign and the Shepherd Fairy Hope poster or just that logo and design of that campaign, that moved people, that created movements, right? So design, printing creates iconic imagery of social movements and um, I want to help amplify the work that is being done by organizers in, in communities across Minnesota and, and the country. Um, and in part because of this, I joined with other printers uh, in late 2016 to found an organization called Proof Public. Oh, cool. And so while Fount Love Studio um, is a business and we don't do exclusively that kind of work, Proof Public is based out of my studio, and we are focused exclusively on partnering with organizations to lift up the voices of marginalized communities and uh, use the tools of printmaking to help um, forward these these agendas. That's awesome, um, and I'll definitely have to look into that more. So being a part of the Minneapolis community and, and being from somewhere that's not Minneapolis, I'm from Illinois as well, oh. by the way. What... I guess what drew you to the community, like what kept you here and and what do you see like as a designer in the community and a maker in the community, um, what makes what makes this area special and what makes the other like designers and makers in this area special? Like Yeah. I don't know what the magic sauce is, but it, there's something, right? Mm -hmm. Um I've only lived here as an adult. I stayed after college, um, initially because my now husband and I couldn't agree on where to move, and so we just stayed. But um, really, more to the heart of the matter, really quickly we got involved in, in the community in ways that we then felt in, you know, inextricably tied to. I was doing grassroots organizing work, and I was working for an organization called Wellstone Action that does grassroots um, trainings for candidates and, and activists. And I just felt like I was part of a community that, that then I wanted to continue to contribute to. And that has been true as I've moved from professional political work to professional art and design work. The people that um, you connect with are just, I think we all want to, you know, maybe it's because we have six months of winter, <laughs> but we, we want to be in community with each other. There's, there's an energy and a drive that I find uh, is empowering. I like the, I mean, the community, there's such a diversity of arts experiences here that I think is hard to find anywhere else in the mm -hmm. same kind of a way tied to being an urban um, area that also has so much natural, um, you know, I look at the art shanties, for example, right. you know, I think that's just a great example of Minnesota moxie that takes something that people think is a down, is a negative, like the cold winters, and turns it into this amazing creative space, and right. I think that that spirit is something that I really appreciate about the Twin Cities. 
Yeah, and I also think that like the DIY and punk culture here is just like intrinsically linked, especially within like art spaces, which makes things like organizing and and setting up a letterpress studio and like these these kind of individual pursuits or individual pursuits towards a common goal um, a really important thing, like just like within the community, especially with places like Whittier or like the smaller kind of um, sections of the city, you find like really specific communities and like a lot of really cool things that, that pop up just out of nowhere. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's really nice. So yeah, I, I love that. Are there any projects or like events or or anything that you'd really like to be a part of or that you have on the horizons that you're working towards or um, is there anything like even in the distant future that you'd like to see Font Love become? So uh, Proof Public, I think, has a lot of potential and we just launched uh, last year, but we, I just had, a, our, we just had our board meeting last night. We have a board of 13 letterpress printers and artists and we have a lot on the schedule for spring already, a lot of community partnerships with um, an organization called My Sister that works with survivors of human trafficking. They're coming in to print posters, limited edition posters that they'll design and print here that they'll sell for to benefit their programming. Um, we're doing a, a partnership with um, the, oh, what was the other one that we're doing? Um, there's a lot of things that are kind of coming up. Oh, the, uh, there's a graduate program at Metro State called the Masters of Public Leadership, and they have a class on art and social justice. Okay. And they're coming to talk about kind of what I gave the thumbnail sketch of, the history of printmaking as a democratic force and um, to do some printmaking of their own. So things like that that I hope to be able to continue to program out and fundraise to support um, because that's kind of my passion. Of course, I love my own um, evolution as an artist, and for that, I'm fairly introverted. I mean, I draw inspiration from people, and I love collaborating, but I'm, for me, my process is very head down, me with literally tweezers moving Mm -hmm. tiny pieces of metal type and taking constant proofs to see how it looks and move things around, and um, so... That is more of an um, isolated process, but then my community work in Proof Public is this big collaboration where other people are coming into my space and mm-hmm. using my resources, and so it's this nice um, dual. Right, and that's like so fulfilling, I feel like. I feel like a lot of artists, I'm, I'm sometimes jealous of the people who really can just like be in their own zone and do not have to be in like a larger community or like who can just like produce work and that's what they do. But I don't know, myself, and I think that a lot of other artists spend so much time alone and we almost, we need people. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're very like introspective and also like very intuitive and like we need to get ideas out like we need to have people to share ideas with and like share time with um so it's really cool that you found ways to not only like balance your individual work but also like your public work and then find a way to make it beneficial to like our larger community and that's very cool thanks i mean i'm trying and i think if anybody wants to be involved or wants to come tour the studio, we're also going to have, 
at the end of last year, we did these open houses where you could come in, literally with an idea of what to print and design and make your own letterpress print over the course of three hours with a lot of assistance from people who know how to set those things up. Mm -hmm. um, and starting in April, we're going to start having those again. Um, so keep an eye out um, if you want to be involved. Yeah, and where can people uh, keep an eye out for that? Will it just be on your website? Or yeah, um, I'll cross-post things on Font Love Studio, but we also have a website for Proof Public, and that's proofpublic.org. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, and are you on any other social media or just uh, just the website? Yeah, you Instagram. I'm at Font Love. Proof Public is at Proof Public. Um, I think that's the main driving force for the letterpress community at least is Instagram. I've met friends that I now am pretty closely connected to all over the country that, you know, through Instagram and we go to conferences together and we send each other art and work and um, that's been really fruitful platform, at least for our community. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have anyone in mind when you're when you're thinking about the other artists that you see either using a similar process or other artists in the community that you're really excited about? Yeah, so looking outside of just the Twin Cities or specifically local? Um, either way. Maybe like one local, one outside? Sure. Uh, outside of the Twin Cities, I have a, couple, a few letterpress heroes that I've been fortunate to then become friendly with. Mm -hmm. um, one is Jennifer Farrell. She's in Chicago. She operates, um, the, her studio is called Star Shaped Press, and she just does incredibly intricate handset type work um, and really innovative building whole cities out of type, um, doing imagery that has movement and just incredible curves, bending type to her will in ways that I could never imagine. And then another is Amos Kennedy. He is operates out of Detroit, and um, he is he likes to tag everything with the hashtag Amos Kennedy School of Bad Printing because he kind of flouts all of the traditional what um, a letterpress printer should do in terms of making it look neat and even and crisp and clean. He's more um, about bold and messages and uh, political messages. There's these quotes on my wall behind me by, by Frederick Douglass and Sojourner Truth, and he, he made those. Um, so those are two big inspirations for me. Locally, I have this group that I'm collaborating with that I love because they bring different... Um, processes to the table. One is Austin Nash. He is um, he prints out of High Point Center for printmaking and also Proof Public. And um, he just does some really innovative work with, uh, he's made some laser cut um, type that he's designed and printed and um, just doing different surfaces to print. Anything that's the right height, you can letterpress print. Mm -hmm. So if you can mount it to 0.918 inches high, you can print it. You can print pennies. You can print Legos. You can print. Weird. So um, he just does some really cool work and is a great designer. Um, and he's on our proof public board. So awesome, yeah. Um, and I will link to all of those within the show notes. Yeah. Any last thoughts um, about Winterland or about Minneapolis or about letterpress or 
you know, anything else that you want the public to know? I think it's really cool that you guys are putting on this exhibition of makers. I think that to have a gallery that's kind of commercial but also art-focused and people who... There's so much um, work that goes into handcrafted things, right? right? And sometimes we don't see that or think about that because maybe there's some corollary thing that you can buy... You know, at Target, you can get some earrings, but they're not the same as if somebody, you know, metalsmithed these beautiful handcrafted things, right, Right. or furniture or um, letterpress is kind of like that. I mean, a lot of what I do is invisible to the consumer, and I get that, you know. Um, We're used to hitting print on a computer and having it spit out, but um, to be able to have a place to show the... There's a lot of work that and, and traditional craft that goes into creating these prints is, is a nice space. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, uh, we're really excited. <clears throat> I want to buy everything that is coming in. Um, thanks for talking with me today. Um, thanks for letting me into your studio. And I look forward to seeing you at the show. Yeah, I look forward to it. Cool. like to give another huge thank you to Alana for letting me hang out in her space and also for taking some time out to interview. You can see her work in Winterland, so definitely stop by. You can also check out her website and all of her other work, and I'll post the links to those below. Um, Thank you again for listening, and you can find a bunch of other stuff on our website at lightgrayartlab.com. You can keep up to date on Facebook. You can search Light Gray Art Lab or do facebook.com slash lightgrayartlab. Or you can go on Twitter, find us at lightgrayartlab, same for Instagram. And then on Tumblr, we're lightgrayartgallery.tumblr.com. So yeah, keep in touch. We hope to see you soon.